What's up, Nerd Nation? It's your boy, Chris Wilson, host of the Average Sports Nerds podcast. ASN is a podcast started by two lifelong friends who have a passion for sports and the debates surrounding them. You can connect with us on Instagram at AVG Sports Nerds. From all of us here at ASN, we thank you for your support and we hope you enjoy the show. What's going on, Nerd Nation? It's your boy, Chris. We're back. Another NBA episode here. Y'all already know playoffs. Well, the play ends in full effect now. Just watched a few teams play. Excited. Joined by my guys, Alex Nix, Miles Davis, as always. What's going on, guys? What's up, everybody? Glad to have the playoff NBA back, so can't wait. Yes, sir. We know what we know. The East standings, which waiting on the West now. Can't wait for Saturday and Sunday to get started, or to get here for the playoffs to get started. Definitely, definitely. We had some big games too. We can just get right into it. Talk about the first one it was the Hornets Pacers on Tuesday night. Pacers just completely dominated at one forty four to one seventeen. Eight players with twelve or more points. Sabonis led the way, fourteen points, twelve. Uh, 21 rebounds I'm sorry nine assists not really much we have to talk about there but did you guys have any thoughts on that game the only thought is is the youth really showed for the Hornets and it's a good learning experience for all those young guys and that's pretty much it they'll, they'll learn from this and move on and get better use, use it to get better yeah I, I second everything you said it wasn't too high profile of a game so good one for the Pacers yeah definitely I thought those young guys just came out like it was another regular season game or something they didn't come out with the intensity necessary so like Alex was saying hopefully good learning lesson for them but yeah we can move off that game on to the next game that went down that night Celtics versus Wizards this one was kind of crazy Jason Tatum went for 50 Celtics won 118 to 110 Russell Westbrook kind of faltered down the second in the second half there gotta say but what were you guys' thoughts on that game? Because that game was definitely more exciting. Yeah, uh, I mean, Jason, I think Jason Tatum was the story of that game. I think he just dominated it. I think he took this game more than the Wizards really lost it. He just put on an amazing performance. No one could no one could check him out there. So he, he played amazing. And 50-piece, we've seen him have big playoff performances. So it doesn't surprise me, but still just great to see. And he's still young and has a lot more room to grow. Yeah, I definitely uh... – earn some more respect for me. If he keeps putting up performances like this, he will be a top five player in the league in a couple of years. I mean, he just Definitely. keeps getting, he keeps getting better and better and better. And yeah, he just, he keeps showing that he is the guy. This is really this first real year that he is the guy, especially now that Jalen Brown is out for the season. So, you know, Jalen Brown's playing at an all-star level. They're both were now that Jalen Brown is out. It's, it's his team to lead and try and get get some playoff success so good for him man good 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 performance for the Celtics overall but like you said Westbrook we'll talk about him in a little bit but yeah it was just I was disappointed in his performance so yeah pretty much it yeah I mean we'll talk about him a little bit I wasn't overly disappointed with it I thought the whole team played bad nobody could buy a bucket it seemed like so hey it's all good here I mean we can move on from there though 
for now at least talk about the game of the week i guess in the play-in sense that's the lakers warriors lebron james steph curry this game went down to the wire it was a good game to watch i watched it all the way through lebron james i didn't think he looked that great but he hit the go-ahead three with 58 seconds left from the logo it was deep it was clutch Steph Curry did do his thing though, thirty-seven to seven. That's why it was such a good game. What are you guys' thoughts on that one? LeBron James, say that. But um, <laughs> obviously, I, I'm happy that LeBron played well. I mean, actually, like Chris said, he actually didn't play too well. Nobody on the Lakers were playing well in the first half. I, I think him, Schroeder, and Anthony Davis were three for twenty-eight at one point, which is just it's almost unbelievable. But um. I guess they have a veteran experience. They got that championship DNA. They figured out a way to just stay in the game. Their defense picked up heavy in the third quarter, causing a lot of turnovers for the Warriors. And yeah, I think the greatness of LeBron and Anthony Davis kind of like propelled them to that win. Anthony Davis also picked it up in the second half. And um, but yeah, Stephen Curry, he's he just makes me shake my head when he makes his like three pointers and stuff like that. One he had at the end of the half, I'm just like, that's just too. It's just too good. It's it's too good. He definitely gained a lot of respect for me this year because for me, I just kind of wanted to see how he would do as the guy on his team. And he really propelled his team, kept him in it, played a great game against the Lakers who personnel-wise had way better players. So yeah, Stephen Curry went out there, did his thing. Can't hate on what he did out there. It was pretty awesome to see. And he's getting double teamed pretty much every single possession. And that, that says a lot about how good he is. So good win for the Lakers, LeBron James, clutch. Logo three. I mean, that was awesome. Awesome game to watch. Yeah, it was. It was. It lived up to the billing of being the game of the year so far. It definitely was. The NBA really needed it, honestly. With with, I feel like the end of the season was so. It, there were some good games for you know for the seeding purposes, but there wasn't at, as much excitement towards the end. And and this game really just got the excitement level back for the playoffs. And you know, to go off what you said, Miles, Steph Curry somehow got better. Over the past few years, the man is 33. He's playing the best basketball of his life. He, you know, he led this team to get to the spot. They shouldn't, they really shouldn't have been based on their play at the beginning of the year because they were not playing well at all. And, you know, they were one of the hottest teams in the league coming into the play. And they showed it in the first half. They were playing fantastic basketball in the first half. You could say the Lakers weren't playing their best and they were missing shots. Sure. But I give a lot of credit to the Warriors defense in that first half. I also give credit to Andre Drummond just hogging up space inside for ad and for everybody else for all the cutters we saw it in the second half once drummond came off the court the lakers offense got going they had like a 35 point third quarter i believe when drummond came off that's when things really got going for them so you know i was concerned about their offense coming into the playoffs frank vogel made a good adjustment as all great coaches do and he's one of the best coaches in the league so i mean yeah and and you know it was surprising because lebron had a triple double i didn't even realize it, he, he played such a poor game for most of the game. I didn't even realize he had a 20, 11, 10 game. But that's just, you know, LeBron's greatness, right? He's just that good that he does everything else. Even when he plays poorly, he'll still get a triple-double and propel his team to a win and hit the game-winning shot when he says he sees three rims, whether that's true or not, you know. <laughs> hey, <laughs> He loves to play it up, man. He, he really does. It. 
Hey, really to be does. fair, Drayvon did poke him in his eye. Oh, he did. Hard, no, yeah, there's think, no, there's no debating that. I don't get why people are getting on him about that. Like that would hurt anybody. Yeah, I mean, we, I think we've all, I think we've all been hit in the eye or poked in the eye. We all, you know, we all know what it's like to be. It's hard to see, and at the speed that he was going, yeah, you know, he obviously got hit. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say he didn't. He wasn't hurt or affected by it, but. I mean, anyway, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into all that, but it was a great shot. Nah, I'm some with people, you on that, I just, some, I, he was probably hurt, but I just think he played it up so much, man. A little like, bit, yeah. Like, yeah, you know, when he, it happened he, after the game, he played it up so much. I, I hate on him though. though yeah, you know, you could see him like telling Steph as he was walking back. You know, I, I can't see. You know, it's like that was tough. I like that part. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Um, yeah, man, good, good win for the Lakers. Oh yeah, no. Some people say that the shot was lucky. I'm not gonna say that it was lucky because we've seen yeah. we've seen LeBron hit shots at that range before, and uh, not too much this year. He hasn't needed to, but we've seen him make clutch shots. We've seen him make long threes when his team needs it. So no, it's not luck. I mean, this is LeBron James. He's arguably the goat for a reason. He's definitely top three all time for a reason. So this is what he was built for. He was clearly hampered, though. He wasn't as aggressive as I would have liked him to be. But, yeah, not to go on any too much longer. But if the Lakers play like that against the Suns, I'm worried for them. I am. But I'm sure they'll, fig- I'm sure they'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, for me, just talking about your point about the Suns, I think the Lakers will get better game by game as we go through these playoffs. So the longer they can just survive, pull out a few games – let the guys get back in a rhythm, mainly LeBron James and AD, really. He's still not, like, at the level he was at last year in the playoffs right now, at least in my opinion. So I think a few games in, I think at least by game three or four, we're going to see a completely different Lakers team than we saw. I agree. So I'm not. I'm still not worried about it. I'm feeling pretty good about, I mean, all of our pick, I guess, for the Lakers to beat the Suns. You guys still feeling – as good as I am right now. Yeah, I am. I mean, Vegas had had them as like the heavy favorites. They have more veteran players in the Suns. They have better. Their two best players are better than the Suns' two best players. I, and like you said, Chris, I think they're just gonna get better. It was th- that was a really, really, really rusty game for them, and they still squeaked it out somehow. And yeah, you could say it's against the Warriors, but I mean, they have arguably the best player, uh, one of the best players in the NBA right now, and. I, I just think their championship DNA is going to really help them like get by, like even if they're not playing at full throttle. And if they do get to full throttle, like throttle, watch out because they're going to be a very difficult team to deal with yeah, just because they're great on defense as well. I, I'm not going to completely write off the Suns. I think it's going to be a very competitive series. It might go seven yeah. games. I don't, I'm not as confident in the Lakers, you know, as I thought about it, not, not just watching that game, but even prior to that game last night, thinking about how well the Suns have played. I know they don't have the the experience, but I remembered the bubble last year. They had to win eight in a row to even have a chance to to get into the playoffs and play in the play in. They won every single game in the in the bubble last year with the same roster pretty much, and they beat some great teams during that run. So, and they've beaten pretty much every team they played against this year. They've dominated the Jazz. They beat all the other teams in the West. So, yeah, I mean, I I still think the Lakers are going to win because of that championship DNA. But I just I think it's going to be a tough, hard-fought series regardless. So I'm not as confident in the Lakers, but I still think they'll get it done. And um, I was listening to uh, First Take, and I, I feel like Stephen A. Smith was hating on LeBron, calling his shot lucky. Like, he pretty much did a whole segment 
um, on LeBron's clutch shots and just calling him lucky, kind of just discrediting him as he's trying to credit him. So I think ESPN kind of like forced him to say all that stuff. But I was just something that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, give the guy some credit. Like, I, it's not luck. It was a great shot. I mean, he easily got it up there. It was a swish. It's not like it bounced on the rim four or five times. Like, it was a great shot. Like, give the man some credit. I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, I mean, well, you, you know what, what not to hate on them or anything, but what drives their ratings up is Stephen A talking or and Max or, you know, or the other guys, Skip and Shannon, talking about the best players in, in, in whatever sports. And whether that was forced or whatever, I mean, it drives ratings up. And that, that's what they're worried about. So, yeah. Not to, you know, I'm not hating on him or anything, but yeah, it's just, I think that it is what it is. Yeah, 100%. I, I don't think it was lucky. I mean, he squared up, shot the ball. It wasn't like he like threw it up or anything like that. Right. So it's like if anybody else would have made that, it, it would have been just straight skill. Like, yeah. Like, except for LeBron. Like, I, I just don't get that. Yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm, I think I'm past the point of just hating on players for, the media they they like to drive that stuff up, like Alex was saying, just just for the ratings, really. But yeah, we ain't doing that here. But I actually skipped a game. I'm noticing here, because it, it wasn't that exciting of a game, and that was the Grizzlies and the Spurs. They played before the the Lakers Warriors on Wednesday night. Spurs got down really big, twenty two points to be exact fought and clawed their way back, made it a game, but the Grizzlies pulled it out 196. Valanchunas, 23 points, 23 rebounds. Jonas Valanchunas, that is. Some of the casual fans may not even know who that is, but he plays for the Grizzlies. He's a big man. He was doing work. John Morant was decent, but I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that one. Yeah, not not too many thoughts for this one. This I, I, I did watch some of this game. It, it it just wasn't that exciting to me because there's just no marquee players, really. I mean, DeMar DeRozan, he's he's probably one of the best players, but it, it, it just wasn't a game that was anything special or, like, any great things happened. It was just a solid game. Grizzlies grinded it out, and congrats for them. Hopefully they uh, – let's see if they can win tomorrow. I'm going to disagree with you here. I think the game was, was great. Uh, I know it was a blowout at first, but watching the Spurs come back, in the second half, it was a complete. It was a back and forth game the entire second half. Watching Dylan Brooks go at, you know, he's like the next. He's like a better version of Marcus Smart. Always full throttle all the time. He has a very bright future if he can get more consistent on offense. Because defensively, he's a pest, and he's he's just very. He's a very good player when he plays well. John Morant did his thing. He missed some free throws. I mean, he's 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 good. He's really good. I mean, he's, you know, he's not special, but he's you know, he's a very good. If if Doris Burke said it best. If I'm gonna go compete, I want that guy on my team, and that's just that's just how it is. I'm just not a fan. I don't know. Maybe I know. I just said I'm not gonna hate on players, but like, <laughs> I just don't think Dylan Brooks is that good. Personally, never really have. He just he doesn't look like he he balls out. So like, I don't know. His moves and stuff just seem kind of like he played well last yeah. night. I tell you that. And uh, no, I'll but give it to, I'll give it to him though. He, he's all right. I felt bad for uh, Rudy Gay and DeMar DeRozan, two OG ballers who've been in the league for a minute. DeRozan had one of the worst performances, I think, of his career in a big game, which I guess I don't really feel bad for him. But, yeah, no, it was just a great game, man. It was a great, I guess, opening act, you want to say, to Lakers-Warriors. And, yeah, it was it was just great to watch. I'm not 
really worried about the Warriors' chances against the Grizzlies, though. Yeah, I don't know, man. The Grizzlies are scrappy. They they took them yeah. pretty tough they in that scrappy. last game of the season. Balance yeah. units is a mismatch nightmare for some teams, and it was obvious against the Spurs. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we definitely will see what happens in that one. And the last game we got to talk about here was a game that happened tonight, Thursday night. That's when we're recording. And that's the Wizards and Pacers. Wizards bounced back after that loss to the Celtics in a big way. They won 142-115. to 115. Now, I was at work, so I didn't really get to catch this game, but I pulled up the stats in the third quarter, and they were up by 25 at that point. So I assume the Wizards just blew them out start to finish. Did you guys catch this one? Yeah, uh, I had it on. It was it was a pretty close game all the way into, up until, like, the mid the mid portion of the second quarter. It was tied at 34. It was going back and forth. Um, and then the Sixers go on a 16-0 run. Or the Sixers, the Wizards go on a 16-0 run. And then from there, it was over. I mean, the the, the the Pacers didn't really have a chance. They didn't have an answer. They just couldn't. They could not make a run themselves and get enough stops. And yeah, that, that was it. Yeah, I was able to catch like a little bit of the second and third quarter. Yeah, like Alex said, it was close up until around the second quarter or right before halftime. And then the Wizards kind of blew it open. Pacers could just never get back in the game. No one can make a shot. Sabonis was struggling a little bit, even though he still had a triple-double, still couldn't get it going, couldn't get enough stops. And, you know, it was just never really close at all. Just good, good win by the Wizards. Westbrook and Beal played well. Uh, looks like Westbrook was a plus 30. Beal had 25, and I, we know he's still laboring with a hamstring injury. So that's good to see. Hopefully he'll be more healthy. Yeah, 100%. It seemed to me like Westbrook bounced back. I know there was a lot of criticism going his way. Some of that from you, Miles. I wanted to talk Good. about that a little bit. Let's talk about it. You you were very harsh on him after the loss to the Celtics. So I just wanted to first get your perspective of why why are you so hard on him after that game? And then what do you think about this one? I don't think that I'm like hard on him. That that's I think that's the difference. And and maybe I hold him to a different standard than others, which is maybe I expect a lot more and he keeps not reaching the expectation. And I'm not saying he has to play for me in particular, but from what I've seen him do in the league, like I know he's capable of huge games. But when it matters most in the last five years, I always say this, like he hasn't played well for a full series in the last five years. And and people always want to make excuses for, oh, he was playing with this guy and that guy, and this guy was a bum and this guy. But it's just like all great players have had to deal with that sometimes. But if you're that great and held to the highest standard, you're, he was MV, former MVP. So we know he's that kind of caliber of player. So why can't we just hold him to like the standards that we hold LeBron KD if, he, if he's that good? Or as Scott Brooks, his coach, second best point guard of all time. Those are very high standards to be held mm-hmm. with, and um, if he's not perform, if he's not performing in the games that matter the most, then I don't, I don't get why people are trying to like defend him. Like, like I'm, I guess like bullying him. Like it's like he 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 gets criticized like it, like Paul George. Paul George played awful. He got roasted for it. He didn't hear the end of it. I mean, but, and, but, but he, he plays so much better than Paul George. Sorry to interrupt here, but yeah, like yeah. No, I feel ahead. like that's very disrespectful to Russell Westbrook. I got his numbers up here for the playoffs. This is his career, even going back to when he was a rookie in the playoffs. All that's included. 
He's averaging 24.8 points, 7.7 assists, 7 rebounds. Those are pretty good numbers to me. Yeah. I mean, no I he's a great he's a good player, but I mean, we we know he puts up pretty much better numbers overall than anyone in the league, yet he's not better than everyone in the league. So there's a reason for that. He he lacks in certain areas that are crucial to that, like the team winning in crucial moments. And yeah, sure, he plays out of his mind in the regular season when he's playing the Rockets, these lower echelon teams. I mean, sure, he's going to look great. He's going to have put up some ridiculous stat lines. But like we've seen that, like do it when you're playing against the Jazz, for example, back when he was in OKC. I mean, he was he shot like 18 for like 43 in one game. I, like stuff like that is it, just complete like that's just completely unacceptable for a player of his standard. Now, if you don't want to hold him to that high of a standard, then he won't receive that criticism, you know? I mean, I'm looking at that game, that specific one you said against Utah. Yeah, okay, he was 18 for 43. Yeah, 46 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. 43 shots. And Paul George had 5 points. Right, yeah, exactly. Paul George got roasted with him. They, 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 but they're both receiving criticism. They just couldn't get it done. Neither one of them. Well, that game was on Paul George. Why should he get the same criticism? I don't think he shouldn't. He shouldn't get the same. I don't think Miles is saying he would get he would get the same criticism in in, in a game like that. I feel like everyone's treating him. That's the only reason I've been saying this is I feel like you're saying like, oh, he should get the same treatment as LeBron and KD. I don't think so. I think he should get the same treatment as guys like Chris Paul, as guys like James Harden, like. These guys never won a championship. These guys haven't shown up sometimes. And I, I would bear to say that he was showing up. I'm looking at 2017 here. They played against the Rockets. This is after KD left. In all the games, well, I can go game by game, 22, 11, and 7, 51, 13, and 10, 32, 12, and 11, 35, 14, and 14, 47, 11, and 9. In the, four out of the Bilbo, five games, he had field goal percentages. The only, I need to hear turnovers, right. and I need to hear turnovers. And the only rebuttal I was going to say, Chris, is look at his field goal percentages, and I have them up right here. In order, 26%, 39, 45, 35, and 44%. It's not winning basketball. Okay. Sorry. So not. if it's not winning basketball, then why is his plus minus in four out of those five games positive? When he was on the court, the Thunder were winning. As soon as he came out of the game, the Thunder lost. It's, he because, just had a very bad team. He showed up shooting, it, shooting it, 40, 40% for that's a player not, that that's not horrible. That's not horrible, but that's for a pretty bad for an elite player. No, no, no. I would, I would say hit it. In the hit, playoffs? Hit it. 40% of your shots in the playoffs is de- is, is decent. It's, it's I mean, not it's, horrible. It's, it's bad, but it's not it's like going to get it done. Well, I'm, I'm just for saying player, he had plus a, minus with a terrible team around him when he was on the court. Yeah, so look, if they had a if they had to have some other players, it would have easily beat them. Look, my whole thing is with Russell Westbrook is pretty much very similar to what Miles is saying. We see him get these ridiculous stat lines in the regular season. He averages triple and double. In the playoffs. We've he averages triple double. What three? Is this this third year doing it? Four out of five years. I mean, so if that's not when if that's supposed to be winning basketball, right? And I get this year, this year, he absolutely had to do it. I'm I'm not going to slight him for doing it at all. I'm not slight, OKC. He did not have to average 12 rebounds, whatever he did with OKC. He did not have to. We're, I'm not, uh, no, I'm not going to concede that argument at all. He did not have to do that. 
you know, he had to average the points and the assists because there was nobody else creating and scoring, but his field goal percentage is atrocious. He is not an efficient player whatsoever in terms of his scoring. He turns the ball over way too often. And especially in playoff games. And look, he just doesn't, I know he puts up the points, right? People just overlook the other things. People, he puts up the points. He puts up the points. But you know that you're going to get that with him. So I don't understand. Like, like we know what he is. So, okay. So should we not hold him? Should we just not hold him to as high of a standard? And should we just accept that when... I feel like you guys are holding him to a way higher standard than he's we are. MV- Look, he, he won the MVP one year. Like, what? So did James Harden. And yeah, people James Harden, about James Harden, James Harden right is now. better than Russell, Russell, I, what Russell are we, Westbrook. What, well, I think people are people are expecting James Harden to perform this year's playoffs, and if he doesn't perform, he's going to get destroyed, and as oh, he yeah. should. Hey, he I mean, he, he gets should dest- perform on a team with three superstar players. Exactly, but he he gets destroyed every year. Last year, he got destroyed. The year before that, he got destroyed because he doesn't show up. Russell Westbrook is the same thing. He shows up more than James Harden, but people get on Russell Westbrook more because he is – know that. Because people – Expect hundred percent shows up more than James Harden. Pe- people expect more out of Russell Westbrook than they do James Harden at this point. But and why? They, and I, they I, shouldn't. I, I don't. Not not James Harden. James Harden is a top five player in the NBA. Like he's not like Russell Westbrook is not even better than James Harden. Like period. I think he period. considers himself like one of the best players in the league, and he oh, and yeah, he yeah, holds he himself probably. to that standard. So right. when he, when you hold yourself to that standard, you tell everybody you hold yourself to that standard. I'm gonna hold you to that standard, and when you don't perform. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna come out. No, I mean, I agree with that part about holding people to a standard, but I'm just saying between him and James Harden. Now, I think James Harden's a better player just watching him and how they play. I think everybody can agree with that. Yeah. But if we're just going off accomplishments, who's to say that James Harden's had a better career than Russell Westbrook? Like, what what has he done that Russell Westbrook hasn't done? More more scoring, more scoring titles, more more probably more seasons, averaging more assists more points i mean better field goal percentage probably as many turnovers but i mean james harden is just clearly better i mean he's he he like, like in I, the playoffs like, I, mean, I mean like we were talking before chris like james harden was on the team that was the closest to beating that golden state team with kevin durant and they that lucky chris paul was just injured that game they brought him to a game seven now he played awful granted he played awful in that game but he still got exactly he still got, but no one even got even that close to beating the, that warriors team no one we know if if Russell Westbrook was in that position, which he kind of was last year in the playoffs when he played with Harden, he played awful. He was trash talking the Lakers when they were down 29 in a game. Like when he does stuff like that, there's just like you can't. And he, he's playing awful. It's still trash talking when they're down. Like just you, you got to stay humble. Be quiet in that situation. Like you're not even LeBron just sat there and laughed in his face. Like like he, he, he does stuff that like he acts like he's this almighty player, like he's the best in the league, like he's the best on his team when sometimes he should know he's not, but he won't accept that. And I think his hard head, like him being hard headed, it, it gets in the way of him doing what's best for his team, sacrificing certain things that other players sacrifice in order to be more successful. He doesn't do that. He's ever since Kevin Durant left, he's all been about I'm individual. I'm going to just do me. And so as long as I'm doing me and doing the best, best stat line I can get, they, the media can't blame me. And he still gets blamed even for that. So, I mean, he's in a tough situation, it, but like, I mean, he's just in a tough situation. He, the Thunder were just not good. 
after KD left. We all know that it was Russell Westbrook versus right. the other team, just like it is now. I mean, he has Bradley Beal now, but he's always Bradley had a, a good, a pretty Bradley good Beal number hurt. two player, always, except for like two, one or two years in OKC when KD left. But then he started playing with Paul George, and then he's and then he played with Harden. Now he's playing with the second leading scorer in the NBA and Beal. I mean, and they lost to the NBA champions last year. It wasn't like. They no, lost no, to some yeah, bums, like right. And I then the game they what, the one game they won, he was probably the best player on the court. So I'm just I mean, saying. I mean, it's debatable, but I'm just saying I don't expect Westbrook to be out here winning championships in this era just because there's players that are better than him. I don't expect him to be like just dominating playoffs like series like two or three. I just want to see him play well, win, win or lose. If he plays well, plays more efficiently. Like, it'll just give his team a better chance. And, like, then he'll be recognized a little bit better than maybe what he's perceived as now. And that's all I'm saying. Like, I don't expect him to beat out Kevin Durant in a series, like, if he's going against him or LeBron. Because that, that's statistically, like, eye test. Like, that's just not likely to happen. But, like, if he played well, shot efficiently, was a good floor general, made good decisions at the best times, I mean, you can't hate on that. But it's just like when you're going out constantly and just making the wrong decision and not and not slowing the game down, it's just like – it's just hard for me to get on board with that, you know? Yeah, to touch on your the wrong decision part, you know, when he had Kevin Durant and James Harden on his team or, you know, now Bradley Beal or – before, I mean, not really Paul George so much, but when he had those guys on the team – He's not a better scorer than those guys, yet he was the one who was always taking the last shot or almost always taking the last shot. He's the one who's always turning the ball over late in the game. He's the one who's always doing something that jeopardizes the team in winning. And and because of that, if, if because of him trying to be that guy, he puts himself in this upper echelon and trying to prove that he is the best. And he's just not. He's just not better than those guys, period. And I know he puts up the numbers, and he, it's, that's because of his effort. He, he's, he is a 100% effort, 100% all the time, which I commend. But it's, he, the way he plays, it just doesn't equate to winning. And, and they, they had a chance to win when KD was still on his team in OKC. They should have beaten that Warriors team. They probably would have won the finals if they did. Man, KD went 13 for 36 or something. Yeah, Somehow no, they, that's all Russell Westbrook, though. No, I mean, they, I mean, they, Russell, they uh, Russ, yeah, sure. Russ went seven for 21, fair. and he missed, you know, he was two for six from the free throw line. Uh, and he just had a bad game, too. I mean, they all of both of them did. They both just, yeah, it was bad. But, Chris, but, would you at least admit that, like, he constantly goes out and it's just rushing in the game? Like, sure, he's giving all the effort in the world, but he's rushing. He's not giving his team the best chance to win. He's doing – it's like he's pl- – and this is what I'm saying. Like, he goes out there and gets 20 assists, but I'm like, it's almost like he's just playing for himself. Like, it's just like no one else is going to get the ball when I pass you the ball. You shoot it, give me my assist, make me look good. And then, like, yeah, it, it helps out the team. And But it, it, in a way, it just, in my view, it just makes me think that he's, like, kind of selfish and he's kind of playing for himself more than he's, like, sacrificing for what the team actually needs. Look, back back in I disagree. Back in like 2012, I remember it showed up my Facebook memories. I I put a Facebook post when we were in high school saying that Russell Westbrook is selfish. And that was back then. And it's it's I I'm not saying he's as selfish now because he's obviously he's he's trying to set up his teammates, but I th- I think Miles is you know, I'm not gonna say he's 100% accurate because that's it's a pretty that's that's speculation and, and yeah, what he's yeah. thinking. I can never but 100% that. right, but I wouldn't. It's it's hard for me to, to completely disagree with him on that because I do remember there was a clip of Russell Westbrook screaming 
at one of his teammates in Oklahoma City after KD left. I think they were playing the Warriors. He was screaming at the end of the game for one of his teammates to go up and shoot it when the game was just about, you know, it was like a seven, eight point game with, with like 30 seconds left. He was screaming at one of his teammates to, to try and score and get him his triple double. I mean, is that, does that matter? Really? I mean, at the, at that losing? point, at that point, we about to lose. No, anyways, stop. You might as well let me no, get the trip nope, done, bro. Nope, like, nope. I, no, I disagree. I see players doing stuff like that all the time. It doesn't I matter. I worry about that. But to the point about being selfish, I just want to ask if there was anybody on his teams, obviously not last year because he didn't average a triple-double, but these four seasons that he averaged a triple-double, who on their team is putting the ball on the floor and going to get their own shot? Bradley Bill this year, I'll give you that. But on the Thunder, like, come on, man. Paul George was. Paul George. In the in, in the regular season. In regular season, he was. He was getting his own shot. Paul George he, was He can get his MVP. own shot anytime. He was averaging 28.5 that season. Go look at how many of his shots are catch and shoot because of Russell Westbrook. He yeah, deferred to – Russell Westbrook up. deferred to him. He just set him up. When have we seen Paul George? I'm just going to take the ball out top, dribble up, make a move and score. Like, that's not what he does. He plays off the wing, catching on the move. Like, nah, Paul, Paul George not an ISO player like that. He's never really played with anybody other than James Harden that's just an ISO player. Even Bradley Beal likes to get it on the move, catch and shoot, maybe one dribble to the mid-range. Like, I feel like he's just doing what the coach, mainly Scott Brooks. Maybe this is a Scott Brooks problem. But I just feel like yeah. that's what he's, it's just what he's asked to do. And he does it at a very high level, I feel like. I, it's just like, but I, like, I, like I mentioned earlier, he puts up better numbers overall than anybody in the league, but it's not reflecting. It's just not. It's because of his inefficiency with shooting the ball. And I think that, yeah. that really, it, that, that's what it really comes down he's to. He's going to probably be top five turnovers all time when it's all said and done, too. So that's. Yeah. Like if he could shoot, if he could shoot a little bit better. He's best player in the league. <laughs> I mean, this dude is unbelievable. If he, this dude would be absolutely unbelievable if he could be efficient shooting the ball. I he's agree just, with that. I mean, he he has the one hole. That's like to me, he has the one hole in his game. He can't really shoot, so it's gonna be tough. Like he, he can be, he can. It's just very. He, to me, he's like he's either. like the best player ever that can't shoot <laughs> at all. Like like I I get on Ben Simmons because he he's he's not the. He's not the player outside of like he's just not the player that Russell Westbrook is. That's no. why I, I just don't like him even more because he he's can't too passive, shoot. Yeah. And, he's too and, passive. Yeah. yeah. So I just I don't know. I criticize Ben I criticize Ben Simmons with that all the time. Like I'm just yeah. saying, like I criticize Ben Simmons, I criticize Westbrook, I'll criticize Paul George, like all these all-star players get criticized. I mean, I could be slightly misguided in my judgment, but I mean that's just the way I'm seeing it personally, and that's just how I feel about it. Just a little, a little more harsh on Brody. That's all. Oh come on, people! Oh, I, people are hating on LeBron, and LeBron is like arguably the best player in the NBA, and people still find every way to hate on that man. Like, oh, he can't shoot. Like, yes, he can. Like, what? Like, people just saying some ridiculous stuff that's not true. Like, he can shoot. He's just not Stephen Curry level shooting. Sorry, like, not everyone. No one's been like that ever. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, what's it to to? to uh, I guess give you know you said. Russell Westbrook is like the best player who can't shoot. No, that's definitely Shaq. Come on now. Yeah, definitely I mean, Shaq. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't really thinking about big men because obviously, you know, there's that, yeah, that's you guys true. there for sure. Yeah, best guard probably for sure. Yeah, I agree. 
But just last thing here, I want to know what, because obviously I don't think any of us expect them to beat the 76ers, but what would you guys consider a successful series for Russell Westbrook? Get a game, win a game. I think the, the I think the, the Sixers defense is going to swarm them. They're not going to really be able to get anything inside. Ben Simmons is probably going to go on, get on Bradley Beal or Russ, whoever, whichever one's having a good game. Ben Simmons will probably stick with them. And then with, even if in, uh, if Ben Simmons is off the court, they got Matisse Thybul, who is an absolute elite defender off the bench. So it's just, it's going to be tough for them. And Danny Green is a very good defender too. He's very surprised. He surprised me this year with how good he plays defensively. So, and obviously they got the big man. Joel and beat inside so it's gonna to be tough for them but if they win a game you know they should be happy I mean obviously they won't be but they should be happy if they win a game yeah I mean for me even if the Wizards were to get swept but Westbrook just just played well just shot just was efficient didn't turn the ball over so much like I don't even care what his stat line is if he had 24 9 and 8 like that'll be just as impressive to me as if he had like 25 like 11 and 10 but he shot like 30 percent and then had like five turnovers like I just like I just don't want to see him be inefficient and like kind of take his team like not give his team a real chance that's what yeah, we just like efficient basketball yeah exactly like, <laughs> yeah hey, I can dig it I can dig it I mean if you're gonna have I mean I just know much, he's just not efficient that, that's he's all. not gonna be that efficient that's that's not that's not really but he's gonna do big things we're gonna get at least a game so maybe two no I got them getting a game as long as Beal is pretty healthy. I got them getting it. I got them getting a game probably. Yeah, just because of how good Westbrook and Beal are. And before we move on, Chris, I can't remember if you picked the Celtics to win, and you had you originally had did you already you originally had them playing the Nets, right? We made our picks earlier this week. Who the uh, Wizards or the Celtics? You had the Celtics winning. No, yeah. I had the Wizards beating the Celtics. Okay, we all did. Okay, yeah. So yeah. now that now that those are probably going to get now that those are flipped. Do you think the the Celtics have a chance at all against the Nets? Yeah. Oh, definitely not. Or to get a, or to to not get swept. Oh no! Uh, I mean, it comes out of Tatum. If he's gonna put up another fifty piece, they could probably steal a game for sure. Like I wouldn't sleep on that. But yeah, no, I, I don't expect swept. much out of the Celtics. They're getting swept. They don't have enough around them. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Next thing I want to talk about here, Grizzlies Warriors, they play tomorrow night. Now we all picked the Warriors to get the eighth seed. So are you guys still feeling confident about that right now? Or yeah, you guys think it's gonna be a tough game? Yeah, I'm confident about that. Yeah, I'm confident. The Grizzlies defense isn't gonna be as great as the Lakers defense and Curry still had thirty seven, so I'm just expecting Curry to go nuts again. He's been shooting a high volume of threes like late in the season. I think he was preparing for like times like these where he's just going to have to like take over in these games and just put up like like 15 threes if he has to. And he's capable of making well over half of those. So I, th- I think Curry will have a big game. Yeah, I agree. I would be shocked if the Warriors lost this one at home. Yeah. But, yeah, we can move on to our award show. We're going to be picking – Every award, giving it out right here, live on the show. Obviously, the NBA voters might not agree with us. One of these awards already given out. We're going to see if we agree with the voters. But we can start first with Defensive Player of the Year. I know this one hits hard for Alex. (laughs) 
I wonder who's going to pick. Yeah, I'll just read off the candidates and I'll, I'll let you guys go first on these. So we came up with three good candidates here. Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green. I think Green, these are Ben sorry to interrupt you. Final, yeah, these are, these the, are final. the final candidates for all the all the awards. These are the final finalists. Oh, okay. Even better. Yeah. Even better. So it'll definitely be one of these three guys. I'll let you go first, Alex, since I think I know who you're going to pick here. Yeah, I mean, for me, this is it's, – it's tough because I know how good of a defender Rudy Gobert is, and we saw last night how great Draymond Green can be defensively. He did a tremendous job on Anthony Davis in that first half. But I think just for, for this season – I have to pick Ben Simmons, not just because, obviously, uh, you you know, y'all can think I'm biased, what, you know, whatever. We but do. Based on the based on the eye test alone, Ben Simmons is a better defender than these guys. He doesn't put up the same stats with with blocks, obviously, but he puts up. He's he's always in the top, you know, five or ten for steals. Last year, I think he was the steals leader. This year. You know, he doesn't have that great of a season in terms of steals, but he's always disrupting the play. Uh, I think I think what's really going to hurt him is how many games he missed. He missed, what, 14 games where Rudy Gobert only missed one and, his, and you know, the, the Jazz have a better record. But when Ben Simmons guards elite-level talent, they struggle. Uh, they struggle a lot. And because of that, I think that that should catapult him to win we're going to see it here in the playoffs. He's going to be all over the place. He's going to be disrupting everything, getting out into transition and showing why he's, I think, the best perimeter defender in the league. Yeah, it's just based off the eye test, man. I just think Ben Simmons is the best defender in the league, and he and he straps up, period. So he's, he's my choice. Yeah, for me, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of tough. We don't we don't have all the defensive stats right here and, like, defensive, like, wind shares and all that stuff. And, and like Alex mentioned, Draymond Green did play awesome defense against uh, Anthony Davis last night um, in the first half. But um, one play that stuck out to me defensively was actually from Rudy Gobert this year. He was literally three-on-one fast break. He was the one defender back. He literally – and running like the three-man weave, he literally turned away every single person that got close to the rim. They all just ran it back out, passed to another guy. They tried to go in, ran it back out again, passed to another guy, and was like, wow. They just really just don't want to take it in on him. And he's been pretty much the defending defensive player of the year player, what, the last, like, two out of the three years. So it's it's hard, it's hard to ignore him. And 2.7 blocks, played 71 yeah. games. was Like like you mentioned, he um, has the best record in the NBA for his team. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go with Rudy Gobert for this one. Again, for, like, the third time, I think. Yeah, I mean, I respect it. I mean, he's – a tremendous interior defender. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm going to have to agree with miles on this one. Rudy Gobert, best shot blocker in the league. I feel like miles said we didn't have the defensive win shares. I didn't have time to pull them up for everybody, but I went to Rudy Gobert first 5.2 this year, which it says was the best in the league. He averaged 2.7 blocks and 0.6 steals his team, the Jazz, we know they always play good defense, mainly because of him. Helps so much to just have that guy at the rim. You can't go up in there with him. He's too lanky. I feel like he covers the whole paint. I don't know. I feel like it's just going to be hard for anybody to beat him if he just keeps playing defense like this. So, Ben Simmons was good, though. I would give him that. I would probably put him above Draymond Green. 
for the award for sure. But yeah, I, I feel like I got to go with Rudy Gobert on this one. Yeah. So the, I think, I think the game that really changed my thoughts on why Gobert shouldn't be is because when Embiid, when the Sixers played the Jazz for the second game, right? The first game, Embiid wasn't there. The second game they played, you wonder how many points Embiid had? Take a guess. He had 40. <laughs> he put up 40 when Rudy Gobert guarded him. I mean, I know Joel Embiid is, is his own, like he's in his own level in terms of being a post scorer. But I don't think Ben Simmons has let up anybody getting 40 this year. I know Devin Booker cooked him, you know, for a rare occasion a while ago. But like that, that was – I know, I know, you know, players get scored on. But, you know, if he's the best player – if he's the best defender in the league, come on now. 40 is 40. Yeah. It was in foul said, trouble. But if you just said Devin Booker cooked him, then – It wasn't 40. Got. It yeah. was like 29. It was like 29. It's not 40. It's a difference. No, it was 30-something, right? Yeah, it was the 30s. <laughs> But I mean, no, I mean, but but really, no, really, Gobert looked looked vulnerable as a defender in that game. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at the defensive win shares here for Ben Simmons. He's at three point three, so Rudy Gobert is is blowing him out from the advanced metrics standpoint. Oh yeah, there. yeah. I think I think Rudy Gobert. I looking at that, looking at all those advanced defensive stats. Gobert is having an absolutely amazing year, and and one like I think almost historic. Yeah, and you got to think he gets all these plays where he just changes the shot, and that doesn't get put down this. Oh factor, yeah, but that, that Simmons means, too. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah that mean, that means a lot. And it, I agree. One of those, like, things that get overlooked. Yeah, there, right. There are so many different plays where Ben Simmons is like three or four full lengths away from a player shooting the ball. And then, you know, in one frame, the guy is about to take the shot. In the next frame, Ben Simmons is jumping contesting it making it hard or either or even blocking the shot right so yeah i mean they're both absolutely tremendous defenders it was it was it was really hard for me to pick either one but i guess my emotions got involved a little bit <laughs> yeah i mean we'll see we can still be wrong the awards still haven't been given out i looked at draymond's win shares he's at 3.4 so i stand by my guys yeah we'll see but we can move on Next award we're going to be giving out here is most improved player. No debate here. Nope. Yeah, I was going to say, we we'll probably None. go through this pretty quick. The finalists are Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter Jr., and Julius Randle. You guys already know who's going to win it. I mean, no I'll, debate. I'll let you guys talk about Julius Randle for a little bit if you want. No, Miles, go ahead. I, 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 I want to say something. Jr. to get it. That's, that's my guy. That's my guy. He's tough just straight bucket getter and he's actually pretty decent rebounder as well and efficient gets a lot of easy buckets but yeah Julius Randle he was just he was just better period in pretty much every aspect and he definitely led his team which I don't think anyone expected the Knicks to be in the fourth seed so and he and actually just watching him play dude was just cooking people out there yeah. hitting there's tough shots just hitting pull-ups threes yeah uh getting 10 11 assists 10, 11, re- like he was just doing everything for the Knicks. So definitely mm-hmm. Randall. Yeah, he changed He changed his shot form, very slight changes to it, and it just completely changed his game, made him a completely more confident player. He has helped revitalize that franchise. So, 
you know, he deserves all the recognition and the in this award, especially. So, yeah, definitely Julius Randle this year. Easily. Yeah, 100%. The only thing I wanted to add on is his passing, just vision for the court. And it just seemed like his fuel for the game this year is so much better, along yeah. with him hitting shots and just making great decisions. He surpassed any of my wildest expectations for him this year. I never really thought that he could be like a star player on a team based on what he had done his first five or six years in the league. So it was amazing to see. I do want to give a little bit of love to my guy, Jeremy Grant. He had a pretty good season too. Got cut short by injuries and he just played on a very bad Pistons team, but I thought he was really good, really proved that he was worth the money that they gave him. So shout out, quick shout out to Jeremy Grant, but Julius Randle, he's just, He's a beast, man. I'm excited to see them in the playoffs. And 45% too. And he's in all the shots, different shot selections he's taking. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, every single category is career high. I think every single one. Yeah. And that one that one game when they did play the Lakers, he was giving Anthony Davis buckets. Yeah, and when they beat the Clippers a couple of days before that, he was a problem for Kawhi in that defense. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I haven't really seen too many people that can stop him from getting to his spot on the court this year and just rising up, shooting mid-range, passing. It's, it's been incredible. You'll see in the second round. Well, I mean, I picked him to lose in the first round. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we can move on to the rookie of the year. I thought this one was going to be a runaway. Midway through the season, but it's got real tight. Finalist right now, LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, and Tyrese Halliburton. Shout out to him kind of later in the lottery pick. But if you don't know him, he plays for the Kings. I'll let you guys go first again. Who you guys got for the rookie of the year here? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go first here. And I think this is very similar to what the MVP race is going to be. Anthony Edwards wins by default for me. I think LaMelo Ball is a better player. If he w- didn't get hurt and miss 21 games, I think he would yeah, it would, wouldn't even really be close. Um it would be close, you know, a little close, but not not that close. I think LaMelo Ball would have easily won that win the award, but he missed too many games for for me to just ignore Anthony Edwards. So, I'm going to pick Anthony Edwards here. He was tremendous. 19 points per game as a rookie is is very very hard to do. So, yeah, you know, good good season for both of them. The NBA has a bright future with these guys. Yeah, if Lamella Ball would have played more games, I probably would have given it, given it to him. But Anthony Edwards played every single game this season, pretty mm-hmm. much averaged 20, 20 and 5 right off the bat. That's pretty impressive. And he had some of the best highlights, some of the most memorable moments of this NBA season, as did Lamelo. But like I said, he, he didn't play as many games. I did want to see LaMelo win it, to be honest with you. I think LaMelo has a better feel for the game overall than Anthony Edwards, and I think he'll be better for longer. Even though, I don't know, Anthony Edwards definitely surprised a lot of people coming out of Georgia. I didn't even really expect him to be the number one pick, but I think he definitely proved it, and he definitely showed that he could play to the potential of the number one pick. But so, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to Anthony Edwards. But, yeah, shout out to Tyrese Halliburton. Had a pretty good season this year. Good three-point shooter. Just a good, tough point guard. So, shout out. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you guys about LaMelo being the better player. I was saying that from before the draft. I thought he should have been the number one pick. 
But obviously, Edwards went number one, and he really proved it to me this year. 19 points a game, almost five rebounds, like you, like you guys said, about three assists, which, eh. But he's still a rookie. I, if you had told me he put up 19 points a game, I probably wouldn't have believed it. So that's really good stats for him. I'm looking at LaMelo's stats here, 15.7 points, 5.9 rebounds, 6.1 assists. So pretty much 16, 6, and 6. That would have been tough for me, even if he played all the games. I probably would have given him a slight edge. But I think Anthony Edwards really came on down the second half of the season. And like you guys said, he missed LaMelo missed the games. Andy Edwards is going to win this thing. And I'm excited to see, man. I really kind of slept on Edwards. So I'm excited to see if he can continue up from here. And I don't think it's out of the question that he could be the better player out of the two. I'd agree with that. He, he could be, honestly. Like a lot of people like to compare him to Dwayne Wade. And that's a pretty nice comparison. So if he lives up to that potential, yeah, he could be special. Yeah, 100%. So I guess we're all in agreement on that one, the rookie of the year. So we can move on here. Next award, we're going to be giving out the sixth man of the year. And this one was kind of tough for me, actually. But the finalists we have are Jordan Clarkson from the Jazz, Joe Ingles also from the Jazz, and Derek Rose from the Knicks. Who you guys got in that race? For me, this wasn't too difficult. Derrick Rose is, you know, just a feel-good story. We all love Derrick Rose. Who knows what would have been with him if he didn't get hurt back in Chicago. So we all love him for that. But been better than Westbrook. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I don't know. <laughs> no, but for this, for this award, I think it's pretty easy for me. It's Jordan Clarkson. Dude was balling this year. A big surprise. A big reason why the Jazz are sitting atop the West. I don't think he's been able to really pick up as much slack as we thought when Stavre Mitchell went down. The offense is no, not nearly as efficient as it was, but it's still pretty good. And, uh, you know, he he's a big reason for that. But when Mitchell is there and, and Clarkson comes off the bench, he is a bona fide scorer. He can do pretty much really anything, either that or he can just struggle and be horrible. But he got the consistency down this year. He's averaging 18 points in, you know, 68 games played. So only, he only missed four. So, yeah, uh, Jordan Clarkson for me for this. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I actually watched Jordan Clarkson play a few times this year. Was definitely the player of the game for the Jazz quite a bit once Donovan Mitchell went down. If you look at the eye test, he just looked like he, out of these three players, he was the best player easily to me. Just like how he scores, he can get to the cup. He can shoot the three. He got. He can dribble around you. He he's he's got. He's honestly got the full package offensively. Now he did shoot, I think, forty one percent, which is not the most efficient, but that, that's still. He's pretty like as a bench player. That that's going to be more than good enough. And uh, like Alex mentioned, he played sixty eight games, average eighteen. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Clarkson. Yeah, I guess we all agree on this one again. For me, it would just have to be between him and Derrick Rose. I honestly didn't feel like it was fair for. Ingles to be in this conversation seeing as that he started 30 of the games this year so out of those two I would love to give it to Derrick Rose just because like Alex was saying what could have been Derrick Rose like man in our lifetime I think he might be the biggest what if right now 
in terms of the NBA, just youngest MVP, incredible career for him to bounce back. I didn't think he was going to be back. Honestly, it didn't look good for a while there. So I got to show him some love. He's contributing on a playoff team. He's been a big reason, pretty much 15 points, four assists, a few rebounds in there. So good season for him. But, yeah, Jordan Clarkson, you're putting up 18 off the bench, adding in four rebounds, a few assists. Yeah, I just got to give it to him. But, yeah, good for both of these guys. Honestly, I'm really happy to see it. But from there, we can move on to the coach of the year. Now, they've actually already given this award out, or they've announced it at least. But we can still make our decision here. Do we think the NBA made the right decision? Finalists, Tom Thibodeau from the Knicks, Monty Williams, coach of the Suns, and Quinn Snyder from the Jazz. They already awarded it to Monty Williams. Do you guys agree with that decision? So I think that was just the coaches association choosing that. It's not the actual award. So the coaches chose that he was the coach of the year. And this was really, really hard for me because the records here are, are pretty staggering. That you know, the Knicks are fourth in the East. Nobody expected this from them. They were 21 and 45 last year to jump up to go from that to 41 and 31 to the fourth place in the Eastern Conference is un- unbelievable. Then the, the 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 Suns going from 34 and 39 to a 51 and 21. That's another staggering jump. You can accredit that a lot of that to Chris Paul uh, coming in and showing his leadership and you know, the Suns were playing very well at the end of last season. Like I mentioned before, they won eight in a row in the bubble to even have a chance at getting to the playoffs. They barely lost and got, you know, barely missed the eighth seed last year. And to go from that, adding Chris Paul to this, nobody expected this. I think we all expected them to be, to be in the playoffs because they kept a lot of the same roster together. So for that reason, I'm going to pick Tom Thibodeau because nobody expected the Knicks to do this. No one did. And they have the best defense in the league statistically as a team. I, w- I really want to pick Monty Williams, but I just think what Tom Thibodeau has done in New York in that market, I know that, you know, the fans haven't been there, but the media's pressure is still insane. And it's been, you know, such a weird season, 72 games in this short, compact schedule to get this young team to perform at the level that they're performing and that they performed all year. Yeah, it, it, it yeah, I'm going to give it to him. It was very, very impressive what he was able to do there. Yeah, um, you made a lot of good points there, actually. But I have to disagree with you. And I'm going to say Monty Williams, I think, should win the coach of the year. The Suns have been struggling for a really long time. And obviously, they got some better pieces over the years. And we were able to acquire Chris Paul. Ended up winning 51 games, which is really good. And second in the West, we all know how tough the West usually is. I don't really have too big of an opinion. I don't really pay attention to coaches like that. So I'm for this sake, I'm just going to go with Monty Williams. Yeah, for me, I got to go with Tom Thibodeau too with the Knicks. When I look at coach of the year, I kind of just look at what were the team expectations coming into the season and then where did you finish? And I think we all kind of expected the Suns to at least be a playoff team. Now, I know they probably exceeded that expectation coming in second. I know I didn't have them finishing that high, but we also didn't foresee the Lakers really not playing all season. So that kind of factored into that. But for me, the Knicks finishing with the fourth seed, I don't think anybody even had them in the playoffs. Like if you were predicting the Knicks would make the playoffs this year, you were probably in the minority for sure. 
maybe you were a Knicks fan, but they're in there. And not only are they in the playoffs, they got a top four seed. They got a home playoff game. I think if somebody had told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have thought it was a joke. So shout out to Tom Thibodeau. I really think he should win the award, but I guess the coaches didn't agree with me. They agree with Miles on this one. So I'm not going to be mad either way. Yeah, pretty much. It's a it's it's a crapshoot, really. It really goes off your personal opinion, as all these awards do. But you know, normally there's there's a clear cut winner. And the third finalist was you know, like you said, Quinn Snyder. And I just didn't give it to him. I know the Jazz are playing phenomenal. They're first in the West, but their jump wasn't nearly as as immense as these other two guys teams. We all expected them to play well, but we didn't expect them to play this well. So I I understand why he's in this conversation or why he's one of the finalists, but. Yeah, Monty Williams and Tom Thibodeau deserve all the credit in the world for pretty much turning their teams around this year. 100%. But I guess that leaves us with one more award, and this is the big one, the MVP, the most valuable player in the NBA for the 2020-2021 season. We've mentioned it on this show before, but it's time to make that final selection the finalists, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and Steph Curry. I got to say, all three of them had spectacular years. All of them exceeded my expectations for themselves. So who are you guys going with on this award? I'll go first here since, you know, one of my guys is in here. If he played more games. No, for me, he was the best player in the league this year. But missing 21 games is a big deal, especially in this award in the shortened season where Jokic didn't miss a single game and Curry only missed nine. So that it, it moves him down. I think he was the most dominant and the best player in the league this year. But like I said before, based, you know, by default, I'm going to give it to Jokic. Although Steph Curry at the end of the year really made me think about it because of how great he was playing. Like I said before, he was, you know, he, he got better. He's playing the best basketball of his career. He's the scoring champ shooting almost 50% from the field and most of his shots were threes. So just that in itself is a crazy stat, but Jokic did it from start to finish 26, 11 and eight as a big man, averaging eight assists. He led his team in assists. He led his team, I think four categories points, rebounds, assists, and blocks. I think he led him in all four of those categories without Jokic. The nuggets are you know, nothing pretty much. Uh, I'm not going to say they're nothing, but I don't, I don't even know if they make the playoffs if they don't have Jokic on that roster. So you can say the same for Curry, obviously. But, yeah, I just, I just think Jokic doing it from start to finish and playing at such a high level, getting his team to that third seed, especially when Jamal Murray went down and they were playing even better and he elevated his game even more. Yeah, I, I, I've got to give it to Jokic here. Yeah, I'm going I'm to agree with that. He played the most games. And, I mean, honestly, if you look at the stats, his stats were honestly overall probably a tad bit better than Joel Embiid's with the amount of games he played. Now, I do think Joel Embiid is just a tad bit better as a player, but, I mean, what the stats say, I mean, it doesn't matter how you you get it done, man, or how it looks, as long as you get it done efficiently. That's why Shaq was was so great. That is true. Who cares if he was only shooting twos? (laughs) You couldn't stop it. But anyways... Yeah, I mean, like like Alex said, Jokic did it the whole way through. Lost his right hand man and Jamal Murray, torn ACL, still carried them, still kept them afloat. 
his game's not super exciting, but he still hits crazy weird looking fadeaways and it's just like it has no chance of going in and then it hits nothing but net so you could just tell that the guy puts in the work and he's just like he's a really polished player and yeah 8.3 assists as a as a center that that's amazing he makes everyone better on his team efficient shot 56 percent from the field so i think it's pretty clear cut that he deserved the mvp award this year yeah couldn't agree more honestly i i like what you said miles about the stats being probably a little bit more impressive than Embiid's because that's what I was going to bring up. I know just by the eye test, we think that Embiid's like better, but I don't know, man. This guy, Jokic, brings something to the table that I don't think I've ever seen in any player. This guy is a center. He dribbles up the court sometimes. 8.3 assists. That's good for a point guard, let alone the center who's 26.4 points, 56% from the field, 38% from three, 10.8 rebounds. He actually averaged more rebounds a game than Joel Embiid. I was shocked to see that. And like you said, Jamal Murray went down. They were the four seed. They finished as the three seed. They moved up, actually, without Jamal Murray. They played better down the stretch. Now I'm not going to say they're a better team or anything. But I think we got to give Jokic all the credit in the world. They lost Jeremy Grant from last season. Obviously, we know Michael Porter Jr. stepped up. That's why he was in the running for most improved player. So that helped. But Jokic also stepped up. He came into the season. Usually he comes in the season, it seems like he plays his way into shape, kind of starts slow. Seemed like he was more dedicated this year. And looks like the work's paid off because I think he's going to be walking out with the MVP. And – Hey, he might be the best center in the league. Oh, my God. Don't. No, we are not. Stop. No, I'm not going to let you get away with that. We're, I'm not. There's no way you think a guy – look, look. I'm not saying he's that much worse. But he does more. He, he, defensively, what does he bring that compared to Joel Embiid? What does he bring? Joel Embiid is, is right below Rudy Gobert in terms, of de, in terms of being a defensive anchor and center. He's, he's Rico Bear is the best. Rico Bear is the best. Joel Embiid is right below him. There's nobody else better than Embiid other than Gobert as being a defensive center. And what he does defensively, Jokic cannot do. Embiid will score on anybody. He's unguardable. I know Jokic is a better passer and playmaker. There's no doubt about that. But man, Joel Embiid is is seven to almost three hundred pounds, and he can do. A pull-up three, a pull-up jumper. He can, bro. His his game is is second to none in terms of scoring, in terms of being unguardable as a big man. As a big you man, don't bring the ball. You don't bring the ball up like yeah, I though. don't care. I don't care. It's not his job. Look, I just want to bring this up because I didn't know that this stat would say this, but I feel a lot more justified now. You say he doesn't play defense. I'm looking at the advanced stats here. Jokic, 3.4 defensive win shares. Joel Embiid, 3.2. So, I mean, the stats are just there for him this year. He just he just played better. He just did. Okay, we'll see in the playoffs then. I'm, I'm not hey, – I'm, He has a I'm worse not, team. I'm not going to entertain this conversation anymore. I'm not. Hey, man, he get uh, – Jokic gave Anthony, Anthony Davis a run for his money in the series. I, I know the teams were mismatched, but, hey, they, they couldn't do nothing with Jokic last year either. 
and he got deeper than Embiid did. Oh wait, no, was Embiid hurt? No, Embiid, no, year? Ben Simmons was hurt, oh, no. and they had a horrible yeah, coach and a horrible was... offense last yeah. year. Wait, horrible I think uh, hey, that's deeper than Embiid's ever been, right? Conference Finals, yeah, it is. Hey, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm talking myself more and more into this thing. Look, right when you now. have when you have a, a great coach and a great roster like the Nuggets had, compared to, to to having Brett Brown for your first four seasons in the playoffs, whose offense can't do anything. Look, y'all got me going. Look, stop. <laughs> all right, we're we're not. I'm not entertaining this conversation anymore. Okay, this is the first year Embiid's had a very good roster around him. All four guys on his team have a role, and they know their role. Doc Rivers is holding everybody accountable because of all that. Embiid's level, Embiid's game has elevated to another level that we didn't think was possible. And Doc Rivers thinks he can be even better than he is now. Look, Joel Embiid is the best center in the league. There's no, there's no debate. I, I, I'm not entertaining this conversation anymore. This is just, it, it's disrespectful. It really is. It's highly questionable. Nope. Yeah. It's disrespectful nope. to the MVP for you to say that. Hey, you can call it what you want. <laughs> we all, we all agree. If if Embiid wasn't what didn't miss 19 or 21 games, he would be MVP. There's no debate about that. Everybody, I, I don't everybody know. agrees with that. I don't know. Look at these stats. There, it looks like there would have been some debate. Nope. There wouldn't have been. I promise. I'm, I don't know. I'm just saying. And I, think, I, think, I think the end of the season skewed Embiid's stats. I hate to – I'm not going to make excuses for him. Sounds but there, like that's what you're doing. There were there were games when he only at when he only got like 10, 13 points because they were blowing teams out. So and he wasn't on the court. It, look, what whatever. I'm not entertaining this conversation anymore. Joel Embiid is better than Jokic, and it's 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 very obvious after this season. And and I, I don't know, man. Like, are you nervous? Like Joel Embiid, st- no. even in a shortened season, still missed a lot of games, man. And I'm not nervous. It, 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 it was a weird injury. Up. No, I'm not nervous. Yeah, it, it's always an injury for him though. Yeah, and it's always is just it, like something that's nagging. It, it doesn't go it, away fully. Is it always an injury? So he had his he had his his foot problems at the beginning of his career. Ever since then, that's it. There was what else is there? But he's been you know nicked and you know nagged a couple times, nicked up a little bit. But that's it. No major, no other major injuries. He doesn't play back to backs. No. Hey, I'm not. Look, I'm not concerned at all about Joel Embiid's health whatsoever hey we'll see man I, I i mean i'm never rooting for injury but that's probably our only chance and i'm not saying that it's not a chance Embiid's soft man i mean, I wouldn't say he's soft he just some people just pro he's his body might not be able to sustain the nba grind it it's happened to many players anthony davis I get like I honestly get scared when Anthony Davis jumps for for like at he's any another point guy. Time. Like, hey, like it always looks like it always looks like he's just gonna like twist his knee or something. I'm like, bro, like, are you, is he good? Like, you call this man brittle. soft? No, I, I walked it back. He's ain't soft. He, he, just, he just can't ha- hold up. It seems like you know. He's, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a big, I, he's a I, big I have, person. It's, it's hard for. I have, have zero comment on this conversation anymore. Hey, I'm not I'm not entertaining. Jokic. I agree he's the MVP by default. Period. So so do you even think Joe and B will ever get an MVP in his career? If if he if he plays like this next year, well no, I I don't know because he misses time and he misses games. Yeah. But look, if he keeps playing at this level and he only misses 10 to 15 games next year, yes. Or another year, yes. 
don't know. I think I think Giannis oh, no. will have something to say about that. I was gonna say I think a lot of the wing players and guards will be back, take that next year. So we'll, we'll see. But if Embiid keeps playing at this level or it gets better, and he's playing at an MVP level now, I mean, look out. Steph Curry next year if he gets back. Clay Thompson. Yeah, we'll see what. Well, look, I, I this is all speculation. Him. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even mention Stephen Curry, but yeah, shout out to him uh, for his performance this year. He definitely carried the Warriors the best he could. Was a scoring champ, forty eight percent. So I thought that was amazing. Imagine having Clay Thompson even at you know sixty percent with with, oh, yeah. with Curry performing like that. Now you'd have to consider them to get get to the finals, honestly. 100%. I'm excited for next year. And if they have Wiseman, too. And I'm going to say one more thing. Actually, I think if I were ranking them, I'd probably put Steph Curry ahead of Embiid for that MVP this year. So. Yeah. Hey, I'm just man, not. Curry, I'm not. Steph Curry did just as impressive things as Embiid did easily. <laughs> he put up like he put up 11 threes like like eight, like eight to like 10 times. Or something I agree. Season. <laughs> he, he, some of the stuff he did was unbelievable. But it was only it wasn't in the beginning of the year. It was the second half of the year. Even, still because of that, still getting buckets. They just weren't winning. They just weren't winning in the beginning. Of well, the that year. matters. They say thirty-two a game. That includes the beginning of the year. He's the best player. Embiid is the best player in the first seed in the East. I mean, look, y'all can say whatever you want. All right, I'm done. I'm not having this conversation <laughs> anymore. All right, I'm not. All right, I guess we'll just leave it there then. We'll let the fans decide. If you guys disagree with us about any of these picks. Hit us up, man. Let us know. We're on Instagram at AVG Sports Nerds. We're on TikTok now. We're getting active over there. So same name, AVG Sports Nerds. Go ahead and give us a follow. Help us out if you really vibing with us. Like, I mean, if you made it this far, obviously you're vibing with us. You're a true sports nerd. We 100% appreciate it. I guess, do you guys have any thoughts you guys got to get out here before we head out just i need saturday four games sunday four games i'm gonna be glued to the tv all day i cannot wait trust the process let's go wizards all the games on my phone wherever i'm at my ipad whatever it takes hustle westbrook please don't let me down please don't let me down i've been riding you know what to expect yeah, he's not going to let you down. You're just going to just be sad already. Nine for 21. Triple double. We're going to steal game one. Let's go. Oh, my God. Feeling hype. Feeling hype. We're going to end on that. <laughs> Keep nerding it up.